Burgers are best fresh from the grill. Well, more specifically, burgers with Hellman's Real Mayonnaise. It's so rich and creamy that it instantly makes any burger irresistible. And what backyard barbecue is complete without some potato salad? Not just any potato salad, of course. Potato salad highlights the rich, creamy goodness of Hellman's Real Mayonnaise. So if you want to take your barbecue season to the next level, stock up on Hellman's Real Mayonnaise. For great recipe ideas, visit hellmans.com. When you pull up to game night in the all-new Camry, but it's actually bingo night. Mini golf, anyone? It's a Camry vibe. The all-new, all-hybrid Camry, Toyota. Let's go places. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Talking pigskin on NFL, cause football is really swell. NFL's great and there is no debate, he's gonna talk right now. Hi and hello football fans, it's your old pal Dave, Dave Damashek. what's going down? I hope all's well wherever you are, welcome to episode number 92 of the Dave Damashek football program. Available, as always, on iTunes and at NFL.com slash Sheck, S-H-E-K. Let's get right to it in another exciting week of pro football and beyond to discuss with the man seated to my immediate right. You know him from NFL.com and the NFL Network, and you can track him down on Twitter at Adam Rank. It's Adam Rank. What's the poop, fellow? Hey, boss. Thanks for having me. Sure. It's a pleasure to see you again. Listen, we have a lot to kibitz about here, but let's say hello to the big superstars here of the podcasting Ooh. world at the at the NFL, apparently they they started out as you know just little they were supporting they played a supporting role they came along threw them a bone I thought you know they, these yeah. guys they they want their voices to be heard yeah and all of a sudden they're doing their own podcast I don't know what to make <laughs> oh, about yeah. this here they are. It's the Laverne. Benedict and Arnold, aka <laughs> from around the league, Dan Hanzus. And Mr. Fancy Pants, Mark Sessler, how are we, fellas? I'm a little upset, to be honest with you. I feel like we're going in an ugly direction right well, off I the bat. Well, I don't know. Yeah, I, th- I think the ugly direction has already been taken by the two of you. If you're not familiar, go to NFL.com. The Around the League boys, they're always writing about all things NFL with a touch of mirth, as I've always said. But I'll tell you one thing that is not funny <laughs> is taking the, the – uh, you know the platform we've given you, and then spinning it off into your own deal and leaving us in the dust. I think it was a big move on our part. In fact, right. to even allow you back into Studio Sixty Six after the betrayal. <laughs> <laughs> Do you wish to address this, Mark? Go ahead, start it up. Well, listen. I mean, I I think if oh anything... wait, I have to start one thing up. First of all, taste the blaster, jerks, and another. That's for the but. Don't laugh, or you'll get another oh. one. now. Please proceed, Fancy Pants. Oh, listen, I mean, I think that uh, we viewed it as really something where we're honoring kind of the mm-hmm. path that you set us on. 
Don't patronize me, I know, boy. that sounds, oh, rid- that sounds ridiculous. Well, I've been, right bl- I've been no. blown off by hey, listen, better people than you. Listen, well, I mean, <laughs> it, 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 it didn't factor in as some sort of revenge trip. You know, we, we just uh, thought it would be fun to take some, for, of the, same, some of what we talk about here and continue that first of on all, a second show, right? First of all, it's the ATL Debate Club every Friday. It's a it, darling name. Oh. I also nice that you're going to get a plug in for it. It's well, if you're going to savage us, might as well get it in. Good job, Dan. To act like you know it's betrayal is just silly because, first of all, we love coming on the show. Yeah, and we're here. Of course, because you're getting free publicity for your ATL Debate Club available on 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 iTunes. I'm assuming, right? No, see, we're not big time. We're a grassroots. uh, Organization over here in the uh, debate club land. It's just an ATL post. That has an embedded 10-minute clip of uh, maybe three topics leading into the upcoming week. All right. So we have a I lot to say, talk I'm about. A big, I'm a okay. big fan of the ATL Debate Club, by the way. What? It's yeah. nice. Hey, listen. And it's tight. Just how I like it. Ten <laughs> minutes is what you need. <laughs> yeah. Well, who's your producer on that? That's a, It's a kind of undetermined, right? Do we have a... Yeah, we we, we we got we're very happy with the with the man who stepped in last week, but we've got a fan right here, and you know we do we keep who, it who 10 stepped minutes, in. So. We'd well, love to make a trade. Yeah, I was gonna say we we'll got take we'll take we'll give you block. black tie we're for future getting, considerations. Well, we had yeah. Wilk tie uh, last week, but oh, I don't yeah, know we'll if make, that's an every yeah. week. No, thing. no, no, we'll make that move. All right, so listen, there's much to discuss, a lot to get to we'll from like week two. We'll we'll uh, get to all that in a second. I am back from Buffalo. I encourage you to go to NFL.com and look up my latest journey on the NFL Fans Ultimate Road Trip presented by Cars.com. I had a gay old time flying off over the weekend to Buffalo, New York. And let me just say this, football fans across the land, those Bills fans lay down the gauntlet when it comes to having a good time. I get there. I'm pulling up to the stadium, and it's uh, you know the it's early in the morning, 9 a.m. call time. I get out to the stadium. And the RVs are lined up as far as the eye can see to fill the parking lots. I went over there later in the day. The I, I, Tailgating has been taken to a new level in general, wherever you go. Everybody now has the flat screen set up. It's a grand time we're living in that you can bring a f- flat screen out in the grass and watch that while you're waiting for another game to start. <laughs> And all that sort of thing. And the meats and everything. People have taken <laughs> cooking to a new level and so on. All all manner of tube meats. And uh, so it was great. And by the way, as I'm walking through the Bills uh, tailgating, you see all the, the navy blue jerseys that they wore until last season. Those horrible, horrible jerseys. The navy with the royal blue and the red. And they looked like a, uh, a Montreal Alouettes game that you might have seen Dieter Brock <laughs> playing against them in a, a, a generation ago. Point for Damashek. I got the Dieter Brock. Look at the stink eye. Ranks Whoa. getting me. He doesn't like that. Now, I worked that one in there. He looks oh stunned. God. Now it seems like it's pre-planned. It like, wasn't pre- is, pre-planned. No, no, no. I, I honestly just came up with the... You're doing a monologue of this. The like Dieter Brock. No, what I wanted to say is, though, so all this great tailgating and delightful people. Apparently, it's the city of the good neighbor or good neighbors or whatever it's called, I believe. And they live up to it because everybody, and it's not because I'm there with a camera, everybody... Says, hey, you want some food? Have some food. Have a beer. Have whatever you want. They are they are such delightful people across the board. But the most important takeaway is the the scene I've just described to you was on Saturday. It wasn't wow. it wasn't game day yet. <laughs> That's great. The game didn't kick off for another like twenty eight, twenty nine hours, and these people are lining up in their RVs to start tailgating on Saturday. Point is, it was grand. 
check out uh, my interviews with uh, Stefan Gilmore and others from the Bills. It was a it was a wonderful time. Then Sunday rolled around, and I was looking at obviously all the big games, and we don't want to talk about Peyton Manning's performance on Monday night in just a second here. But first, Dan Hanzus. I did take in a game played on the banks of the Three Rivers. Mm. Big one. Mark Sanchez, Tim Tebow, and company went into a desperate Pittsburgh team, as desperate as a, a, a game could possibly be for a Week 2 matchup. Steelers needed that one. They escape. What do you make about all this Sanchez? Now, Tebow has one good play, one good play, and that's enough to apparently create a firestorm of talk in New York that Tebow needs more time on the field. Right, yeah. I mean, I thought we were going to be in a good spot after week one where Sanchez would have some And Hanzoos t- is the Jets fan, just to point that out. <laughs> Sadly, yes, and tragically. But I thought Sanchez was going to have some breathing room after a great week one. Uh, it quickly seems to have dissipated after the performance on Sunday. He didn't play well at all in the second half. And you give a lot of credit to Pittsburgh that uh, really clamped down on the Jets' uh, receivers uh, in press coverage. They really beat him up. But, you know, Sanchez doesn't play well. Tebow only plays three snaps, but one of them was, I believe, a 22-yard run. And now, once again, this narrative is loosely in place to, you know, uh, wreak havoc on their season next week. I was talking with uh, with colleague uh, from NFL Fantasy Live, Jason Smith, who is also a Jets guy, and he said it's an interesting hypothesis that after – uh, Lawrence Timmons bonked Sanchez on the head that it was a different game after that. It was a different Sanchez after that. Sessler, do you buy that, that maybe he was dinged up a little bit? Is that why? I mean, because Sanchez looked like Mark Sanchez for the rest of the game. He was atrocious. He said, how you could be excited about this team if you're a Jets fan? And Tebow might be a short-term panacea, but there's no way if you put him in there as the starter that suddenly they would get on a huge roll and, and, and be a threat to the Patriots. As shaky as they are, by the way, too, with that offensive line. Willie McGinnis said that that was going to be a real problem for him. Tom Brady, you get pressure on him, he's going to be in a lot of trouble. Anyway, what do you think about that? Is there anything to that that maybe Sanchez wasn't right in the brain after that? Well, speculation. I think Sanchez, what is right about Sanchez, we know it's right when he's inconsistent week to week. I mean, he's that kind of player. He's going to go out and do what he did week one. We're all thinking one thing about the Jets. He did what he did against Pittsburgh, which I don't think was a great surprise that he, you know, he came back to earth. We're looking at a different Jets team. I mean, I think the thing that's good is that Rex Ryan isn't the guy leading this charge about Tebow going to come in. And the Jets as an organization, I think, strip away the hype have kept kind of a beeline about this Tebow thing. Sanchez is the starting quarterback. they got to just stick with him and see what happens. It's that defense that's going to get them to the playoffs if they get there. And, well, and they didn't have Revis. That's a big loss. But huge. obviously that's a wash when you say Palomalo and Harrison. And, in fact, that probably, if you really are measuring, it's probably the Jets win that, the injury battle. And what's really maddening about Sanchez also is that he was shredding that Steelers secondary in the first quarter. And then it just disappeared. And maybe that was game plan changing by Tomlin, and he deserves credit for that. But it's not like Sanchez went in there and was completely lost uh, for four quarters. He looked like the same guy that was killing the Bills the week before. And then by the time, you know, halftime rolled around, he just, they were nothing. And so maybe it did have something to do with him getting hit on the head because his numbers after that were not good. 
well, we're validated rank because we said about the Jets that the real problem, whoever the quarterback is, as much as we diminish Sanchez and Tebow, we also said that, they, to be fair, they don't have anybody to catch the ball besides Santonio Holmes, who was dropping the ball quite a bit on Sunday. But after that, Stephen Hill comes back down to earth. What about, though, speaking of validation, we've talked for the last year plus about Peyton Manning and the mystery of the inability, the collective inability for anybody to ever put him down who's ever been around Peyton Manning. But he was just plumb lousy, sailing passes. And I said this a week ago, too. The sideline routes, he just doesn't have zip on that ball. And, of course, he ends up beating the Steelers, but didn't look good on Monday night. How say you about that performance and what do you think about who's going to even win that division at this point? Is it the Chargers, or oh, do you yeah. think you still like the Bronx? No, no, no. I was big on the Chiefs when the season started, and now that's not looking very good. The Chiefs still have a lot of talent, both sides of the football, and you would hope that they're going to put it together. Well, they better not lose to the Saints, they and they're going yeah. to lose I mean, to the it's, Saints. So. It's so tough. to Yeah, I mean, they get in three 0-3 hole. I don't see them climbing out of it, because the Chargers have the Falcons this week. The Chargers will win that game. They'll go to 3-0. and and now they look like the team that's going to control that division. Peyton Manning, and it, it goes back to, to being on the fantasy show and thinking so much about fantasy football. Everybody was so quick to just say, oh, yeah, Peyton's back. He had one great game. He looked pretty good against the Steelers. We, we're forgetting Tim Tebow also looked good against the Steelers last year in a similar circumstance. And so everybody was just quick to just say, you know what? Peyton Manning's fine. That whole neck thing, missing an entire season, no big deal. He's Peyton Manning again. And then last night we're like, oh, yeah, there was a guy who missed a full year who had four neck surgeries. And and it goes, and I, I never really wavered on the Broncos. I never was quick to say that they were going to be back, but I was surprised that Peyton Manning looked as bad as he did. Name drop theater. I on Monday night I sat in the uh, in the fancy talent green room. A misnomer when Damashek walks in there and is allowed to, uh, to to stay in there. I go in there though. How cool! I don't care if this makes me a nerd for enjoying this. Um, I think it's fun. I go in and it's Brian Billick. And it is Darren Sharper, and it's Heath Evans talking ball, you know, that, and and watching that game. So it's fun to sit in there and listen to them. And they and, and Peyton Manning looking lousy through that first quarter, and they all they all agree. Oh yeah, Peyton Manning can be had. Yeah, Peyton. Man- yeah, Mike Smith know, has his number. He knows how to 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 trip. Peyton Manning up. Well, if that's the thing that Peyton Manning has on everybody is that he's such he's so ge- he's such a genius. He how he can calculate and mo- manipulate the defense. If defenses can figure out how to do that, then what is Peyton Manning's virtue? It's a, it's a, it's very murky to me why he is this Teflon quarterback who, for all of his misdeeds, shame the devil if you say anything bad Did about. Did they go him. out on the air and say this stuff? I don't know. I didn't catch their program. Uh, because in the it seems like nobody will come on and say things like, oh, Peyton Manning can be – everybody's like, hey, greatest quarterback ever. And they say – you know, they, they they roll out the hyperbole about him. But nobody ever says things like, oh, yeah, you can, you can beat this guy. So it's interesting. And now the next thing I want to talk about is the big story of the weekend. The one other big story is the Greg Schiano tom Coughlin kerfuffle, which I, and while everybody was looking at uh, the 49ers and Lions game, which reminds me to mention that we have Patrick Willis coming up in just one second here, that mighty defense, maybe even shaping up to be one of the great defenses of all time. But, of course, they're going to need to – to uh, go deep into the playoffs again this year, but really shaping up to just be a shutdown no matter who they're playing. They really dominate kind of defense. But while everybody was waiting to see what the handshake would look like between those two guys, all of a sudden we have uh, this nonsense going on on the field after the game. 
And I talk about it. New shame report, by the way, up there for you on NFL.com. Be on the lookout for that one where I, I share my thoughts. I was cool with Shiano doing what he did there just because, uh, well, it's a, that's not the tradition. You know, they the Giants didn't see it coming. They were going they were going half speed. Well, then don't go half speed. The game still counts, right? This, is, you, there's, this isn't like uh, a couple of hackers out on the golf course uh, like, yeah, that right. putt's good. Take that putt. <laughs> still a game. It counts, right? This is yes. a, If you force the fumble, it's the element of surprise. Well, I don't remember anybody crying about Dan Marino dishonoring the sport or being dirty because he fake spiked the ball. Yeah, but he went up to the line. And the receivers were acting like they were just going to uh, go through the motions, and then all of a sudden he threw it to the end zone. That wasn't fair. People did bellyache about that, but it's also the Patriots. Were, should they be, you know, ripped for going after Ryan Williams when the Cardinals? Hey, the Cardinals were just trying to run out the clock. You know, they just they wanted to get out of New England with a win. How dare they try to strip the ball from him? Fancy I, pants, Sessler. How say you? Well, I mean, the game was still in question. I mean, I agree with you a hundred percent. I don't understand the uproar in the sense that had they were been down by twenty-one points, yes, you know, agree. okay, then exactly. it's like it's a bit much to making jump a in philosophical there. statement. I right. agree with you, but this is a, a, a practical measure to try and get the ball and maybe try and steal a game. I, you know, I don't, I don't have any problem with what he did, and I think that you know, Coughlin overreacted. Completely. Coughlin's got to understand that was a Jersey move by Shiano. That's what a New Jersey guy does. <laughs> right. And he, you know, right. you're going to go for that ball, and if you're going to, you know, knock somebody out or hurt someone in the process, you know, Shiano, he should never be. Why is he even in Tampa Bay? Shiano is a Jersey dude. He should be replacing Coughlin one day. Coughlin should understand that one day Greg is going to take his job. Well, I, I. I... Do I'm mystified by that old school? It's it. This isn't baseball where where you're allowed to. If you're, I remember when Carlton Carlton Fisk yelled at a guy for not running out uh, a ground ball or didn't run the first base after getting walked. And that's acceptable in baseball, the code and all that jazz. In football, they're playing like I say. I I don't understand the. That's you know that's bush league and that's what Brian Billick said. I said, "What do you make out of that?" And I said to his face, "I, I said I disagree with you. I think they're you're." Uh, and then and then he took a swing at me. <laughs> <laughs> but I was able Finding to find a lot about him on the show. I know, yeah. Uh, I was able to duck under it though. And it, but he, what ended up happening was I ducked under it, and Lindsey Rhodes <laughs> walked up right behind me as I ducked under it. Billick popped Lindsey Rhodes by accident. <laughs> And I'm like, now you're really, now you've really opened a can of worms, Coach Billick. I don't want anything. To, and I walked out of there. And he said, "Get back here!" And I said, "Ah!" And I slammed the door behind me. That was it. Okay, fellas, before we uh, before we get to Patrick Willis here, real quick, can I say something really? Yes, fast? you may, Black Tie. Please. please, please. We always yeah, enjoy yeah. hearing you know your voice. People have pet peeves like soccer. Like, hey, why doesn't anyone know how much time is left and whatnot? The whole kneeling down thing is my pet peeve about football. I hate it when a team, like, you no more timeouts, you're down, and the other team can just kneel the ball out. There's 0% chance in all likelihood that you can get a chance to win the game. Well, you said 0% in all likelihood those uh, those don't go together. I just dislike the fact that the team that's down in all likelihood has no chance of winning the game. I dislike that. I Well, first of all, I say, I, I've said change. it before, I think my favorite thing is when you're in a position of advantage if you're rooting for a team, the victory formation is 1A to the coolest thing. I, I Rather than, I think in in, a, in the most fans' minds, I, the thing that they most want to see is their team score a touchdown as time expires to win the big game. 
I prefer <laughs> if I get to pick the way it happens. I like the victory formation in a tight game. Like, they did it. They made it. They're going to do it. And one snap where your guy has to take the knee one time. And then the, and then the, I think that is, is more exciting to me. I enjoy that more. The best one, though, of all is, is being up one goal in hockey and hitting the empty net with uh, about 30 <laughs> seconds to go so that the, the party can begin. But, uh, yeah, I, I, I'm, oh, I don't exactly understand where you're going with that black tie. I'm just saying it but, should be, it should be a, an opportunity for the other team to well. Here's get the back point. The here's game. the point. Example, if the if the if the down, center if, if the center down. QB exchange goes wrong and the and the defense recovers it, then the defense gets the ball. Ergo, why wouldn't Shiano try and force that to happen a little bit more quickly and try and take control of that, especially when he knows that the element of surprise allows that to be a, a possibility. The idea that can he do that going forward, it's probably not going to work ever again. I mean, this I, was the one shot he had at it because now everybody who ever plays the Bucks, and in fact, in general, in the NFL, probably in the short term, is going to say, hey, be mindful, the defense might go after you, and they're going to they're gonna go full speed from this point forward. I'm, I guess I'm just saying I, I disagree with the common practice of Neil like I agree with what Shiana was trying to do. Like you should have a chance in it, some way to get the ball back in. You know. Thanks what? for weighing in to make that a five zero sweep. <laughs> Are you I thought like, he was going to weigh in with like a voice of dissent or something. No, I'm just I'm against the whole kneeling down process. That's what I'm trying to say. There should I be a road you. change. As you know, just like if you're down eight points in basketball, it's 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 a far fetched idea. But Reggie Miller, you see you see what he did. There's still it's a twenty four second clock. I think Black Tie's had too many frustrating losses in Madden football. Black Tie, here's what that I want to know. <laughs> Black Tie, here's what I want to know from you. Last week, a uh, bit of a firestorm of activity created by you at the start of episode number 91, derailing our conversation to tip your hat to give a shout out to <laughs> bathroom attendants. Yep. yep I, I, you know what, though? I like too. you shouting out to the working man. Go ahead. You're right. Your, your point is that we should always remember. That people are doing hard jobs, doing tough jobs. Do you have a shout out you'd like to give today? I do. I have uh, one. Love to give a shout out to um, tow attendants. You know, on a tow road, like on a highway. Oh, I thought you meant <laughs> podiatrists. <laughs> no, yeah, exactly. No tow attendants, um, especially like you know the cross state tow truck drivers. You mean? No, no, just you know tow toll collector. Yeah, toll. Oh, toll, toll. I yeah. see. So, yeah, that would be a. Ta- I agree. That would be a miserable job. An awful job. It's, <laughs> It was a Christmas. I was going from Milwaukee to Chicago, and it's it's in winter. It's cold, uh-huh. and you have in the middle of nowhere this one guy just chilling, just waiting to you know collect your fifty cents. Like that has to be an awful job. You're in the middle of nowhere, no communication. I assume with nobody else, and it's cold. Shout out to those guys. I hear you. I agree, but you know what? I do want to go back to the bathroom attendant thing. It is weird that I you know afterwards I was thinking about it. The guy, if the if if somebody is in there and they're handing out candies or that you know how they do, they put on the towel. The bathroom attendant give them a buck after you come out of the toilet. You put out on a, they put a towel down and then they put their candies down and gum. And sometimes they take the gum out of the wrapper for you. So I mean, not out of the wrapper, but out of the pack. Right. So it's just individual <laughs> wrap pieces, which I always you know look at and think you know that's you know. A strange thing to do. I didn't ask for. I didn't have an expectation of candy being made available to me <laughs> in the public bathroom. The weirdest people are the ones who actually take them up on the offer and eat the candy. That's toilet candy. How desperate are you <laughs> for a piece of toilet candy that you'll consume? That I find that nauseating. Is it wrapped or unwrapped? Well, either way, I don't want it. I, listen, what if it's wrapped? 
It's in a toilet. It's in a public can. What do I want? What am I? I'm not going to go anywhere near food. Someone's so you, moving their bowels so, four okay. feet from me. I want a piece of candy that so, bad. So if you're in a restroom <laughs> at a restaurant and you're wearing a shirt, when you go down and you go into the restroom, when you come out and sit down and go eat your steak dinner, your shirt was just in the bathroom. Somebody was just moving their bowels four feet, and you're wearing that shirt. Wow. How do you contend with that? I don't want. I don't want to talk too much about it, but of course, I would never do that in 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 a, in a space if I could possibly avoid it. I don't. I don't get up from a meal. To, it's not. It's not a common habit of me. <laughs> it's not a com- common habit of mine. Excuse me for a minute. You know what? And I. And I. I mean, listen. I try to. You're still in the restroom. All right. Enough about that. But what now? Now, <laughs> listen. First of all. It's a stranger versus myself. That's one. That's a major distinction. I think. I don't think one we can gloss over. Can I just say something? Yes, I. Yes, my, you may. My favorite part of the podcast now is officially Black Ties: Tales of Working Class Woe. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's almost like a Bruce Springsteen song being woven <laughs> behind the glass. All right, hang in real quick here, fellas. I <laughs> I do kind of like it. I, I'm in favor of it. Black ties. Some people, specifically those who follow at Black Fire Black Tie. By the way, somebody in this room follows this. I know. I've got to start following, too, just to, to, to keep it alive. <laughs> I don't want to I call like, out who it is. I enjoy it. and uh, But real quick, fellas, hang in here for one second here because we're going to get to uh, to Patrick Willis here of the San Francisco 49ers. Like I say, that defense really looks uh, looks dandy there. And have they – quickly, I'll ask you, though, has the have the Niners emerged now? We've, we've seen some flaws in the Packers maybe exposed by that Niners defense. What do we think? Are the Niners now the team to beat? I start with you, Fancy Pants Sessler. Well, I picked them as my NFC Super Bowl team. And the other team I picked from the AFC was the Patriots. I'm going Niners all the way. I mean, they, they are the class of the NFC. Hands it. Like, I like the Niners as the favorite, but I think the Falcons have now also emerged as 1A. I'd love to see those two, team, two teams play in the NFC Championship game. Two different different styles, but both very strong. I find it hard to imagine. I mean, listen, long, they always say it, but really, a very long way to go, and people make a mistake every year of reading too much into what we see very early on in the proceedings. But if the Falcons had to go to San Francisco, I wouldn't like that for them. I think Not that, that, at all. That would be a tough one for yeah, them. I wouldn't, I wouldn't want to see Matt Ryan in the playoffs in San Francisco in that weather. Yeah. No way. They so you think, the nine, you think the Niners are going to the Super Bowl? Right now, yeah, absolutely. Their schedule, you start in. looking at it. I mean, you know, they they should uh, really they, can, they, they should be at worst 5 and 0 when the Giants get to town. They should uh, really do and they have the Vikings they, coming up if here. If they can get by the Birds, that's the one. That's the tough team for them. What Birds? Cardinals. Oh, I didn't know which <laughs> which of the many birds you were the, discussing. The 2 and 0 Cardinals. Seahawks. Kevin <laughs> Cobb. I can't trust that Kevin Cobb because he, yeah, there's no good reason that he that L is silent in his last name. <laughs> Some, he's trying to hide something. All right, let's get to Patrick Willis. Right now. All right, Rank, here he is, one of the great defenders in all the NFL. Maybe the linchpin. Maybe I'll even ask him that if he considers himself to be the linchpin of that dominant San Francisco 49er defense fresh off a victory against the Detroit Lions. It's Patrick Willis. How are you, Patrick? Uh, I'm doing well, sir. How are you doing? Well, I'm doing well, and congratulations to you on uh, being two and zero. Oh. When the when the schedule opened up, you might you guys must have said, "My goodness, uh, the NFL's doing us no favors." Right out of the gate at Lambeau, then coming back with the Lions coming in here, but now you sit at two and zero. Oh. Um, what is that? We were talking just before uh, before we got on here with you about the effect that Jim Harbaugh has had. Um, 
Because from the outside looking in, it looks like, you know, you guys are a talented but middling bunch, and then all of a sudden Harbaugh comes in, and overnight you're a dominant team. How much is that the fact, or what other factors are there that uh, are contributing to what you guys are doing the last uh, season plus Um, two games? Yeah, I just just think, uh, you know, Coach Harbaugh coming in, um, I think we we already had a good nucleus of of guys here that – that wanted to win, that, that wanted to um, be um, a championship team, and um, and I think him coming in with the coaching staff that he brought in with him, um, I think they just they came in with the right mindset, and um, and we just we just clicked. I mean, it was just the right fit. Um, you know, I, I the head my hands goes my, my hand goes up to the organization uh, to to I call I like to call them the upstairs guys to Jed. Um, uh, the, the owners, I mean, just everybody making it possible to get Coach Harbaugh here and then him just putting together uh, a great coaching staff as he did. I mean, I think it just it was just the right fit for for all of us. And what's – he's coming from the college ranks. He was at Stanford. A lot of times college coaches come up and they don't do very well in the NFL. I'm thinking guys like Nick Saban, Bobby Petrino. What is it that makes Harbaugh so successful? Because it's obvious you guys bought in immediately. Really, I think uh, I think a lot of it had to do with just his. Um, he cares, man. I mean, he, he cares for us as players, and uh, and he shows it. You know, um, he tells us all the time. You know, we're gonna go out, and we're gonna work, and he don't just ask us to go out there and, and work and work and work and don't and don't do anything for us. I mean, whether he gives us, you know, a, a thirty minute thirty minutes extra to sleep in, or or take off ten minutes of a of a of a meeting. I mean, to that we see that, and and to us, you know, uh, that means a lot to us. And um, and and for I mean, foremost, he he's a guy who's been there and done that. He played in the league for a while, for a long time, and uh, he he knows what it's about. So um, he gets us as players, and he understands us, and uh, we understand him. And uh, that's like I said, that's most important. Is he a fun guy though? Because I can't get a read on him. Sometimes he seems like he may be a bit of a wiseacre, but then on the other hand, he does seem pretty hardcore guy. Yeah. He is, man. He has a he has a sense of humor like no other. I mean, he Coach Rubble, I mean, he he always gonna have a story for us, and he always keeps us on uh, keeps us on edge with, with a good story. I mean, a lot of times he tells us a story. I don't know if it's real or or if it's uh, <laughs> fake, but um, but it sounds good, and uh, he, he gets me every time. So, uh, so yeah, but he's he's a serious coach, and but at the same time too, he has a sense of humor too. You know, he's a he's a coach that you know when it's time to work, it's time to work. When it's time to like. You know, kid around or whatnot, he likes to do that too. So, and, and that's what makes it fun. You know, you know that, you know, uh, when you're working, we, we out there, we're getting it done, we grinding. But then, you know, when, when we're not out there on the field and, um, and somebody want to crack a joke or you want to ask him a question or whatnot, I mean, he's, he's a down to earth coach and uh, he'll crack a joke with you or he'll talk with you or just whatever, man. He's just an overall uh, good guy. And, um, like I said, we're just very blessed uh, to have him as our head coach. Yeah, but all right. I would have liked on Sunday night. I told Nate Burleson if the Lions won, I wanted Schwartz to go over to Harbaugh and give him the uh, gimme five on the side down low, too slow bit. But it didn't happen. They had their nice handshake. So now you guys beat the NFC North Packers, NFC North Lions, and then in a weird scheduling quirk, now you have the NFC North Vikings. It'd be very easy for you to tell us why the Niners should beat the Vikings. I think everybody anticipates that. Tell me why the Vikings have a shot to beat you. You guys on Sunday. You know, it's any given Sunday. I think every team we play, um, every team we play has a shot at um, either win or you gonna lose. Somebody has a win, somebody has a lose. I guess it can be a tie, but you know, we don't have a bank on those. But somebody got to win, somebody got has a lose. And for us, you know, we, we're just all about going in, um, um, right? Come in next week or well, this week, 
and putting in the work, earn the right to go out there on Sundays and 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 be victory, uh, be victorious. And um, and that's our mindset. You know, we we first got to put it out there on the field, and then on Sunday we go out there and we play, and um, and we just see where the chips lay at the end. Well, but what? But you know, the one guy who is likely based on the recent history of the San Francisco 49ers defense, who is probably not going to beat you, is Adrian Peterson. You guys have some knack of shutting down running backs. How? What, what is the main factor, would you say, in in the Niners' ability to shut down running backs? Especially, I mean, they, they just almost never get in the end zone on you guys. Uh, really, I mean, we just, we just have a bunch of guys who, who like to get after the ball carrier. We have a bunch of guys who... We love just um, playing defense, and um, and most of the, most importantly, we have a bunch of guys who are just unselfish guys who do um, what what what, the, what what we ask to do. Uh, we do our job, and, and we and we try to do our job and a little bit more, but we don't never try to get out of the scheme of the defense. We understand what what makes us run and what makes us uh, be the type of defense we are, and we just try to stick with that and um, and, and and do those things. Yeah, but I and listen, Patrick. I've always enjoyed talking to you, but you know, it's I got Peterson on my fantasy team. Is there any way you guys can be cool and like, let's say you're beating him up a little bit? Can you let him get one for me, just just to be you know, just to be cool or whatever? No, I don't think we can do that. <laughs> well, you tried. Mike. I tried. You, I, you, I I couldn't live with myself if I didn't ask. You made you made every effort there. <laughs> All right, Patrick. You're with us today to uh, to talk about a noble cause that uh, that you're supporting. But what I'm excited about though is um, is Duracell. I mean, I, that's that's the moment, main focus um, today. And, um, and you know that they're, they're a proud sponsor uh, of the NFL now, uh, energy wise. And uh, you know it's it's a it's a blessing to to be a part of their their team. And uh, you know, and, and the biggest thing we're just doing right now is um, all the money that we raise. Um, you know, when you go to Facebook. Uh, Duracell Facebook or tweet hashtag. Um, um, hold on, sorry. When you tweet using Trust Your Power hashtag, um, a dollar goes to uh, youth sports. So um, not just giving back a little bit and hoping that you know um, some that money helps helps a kid that really wants to go out there and pursue their, their dream, uh, helping to come true, helping to step closer. Well, good stuff, and you're a good guy, and uh, obviously uh, a good cause there. Um, and uh, big fans of Duracell over here in Studio 66, right, Rank? We certainly are. Yes. Before we uh, let before Patrick we go, go. We got, yeah, we got to get one prediction now. You, you, you listen to everybody talking. I'm going to go ahead and already put you guys in the Super Bowl. Who do you want to play in the Super Bowl, Patrick? Give us, give us. Who do you want to face? I see you guys playing the Patriots. Oh, you're assuming they're going. They're in. Oh, they're already in I've the already Super Bowl. All right. It. All right. Who do you want to play? No, um, honestly, man. Um, I mean, that, that, I'm not even thinking about that right now. We're just thinking about Minnesota, and um, that's our next. Uh, that's our next game, and uh, that's our next focus. All right, very good, Patrick Willis. Uh, on behalf of uh, Duracell, uh, coming to us. Thanks for the time, man, and good luck against those uh, those uh, Vikes, who surely will be spirited this Sunday. Yes, sir. Thank you. All right, all the best. You listen to I don't know if it was his call or or his family's call or whoever decided. Good thing he's Patrick and not Pat. If he were Pat Willis, it wouldn't it wouldn't work as well. You know, they gave a little back in uh, in his Georgetown days. They thought about calling. There was a little Pat Ewing going. Oh, on. Oh, there was right? too much. Pat that was weird. Yeah, yeah, but then he became Patrick, and that was the right. Whatever decision happened to Michael too. Graham?
Oh, yeah, the bald guy? God, that guy was so good. He was terrific. In Well, no one remembers that. That was a long time ago. The, the, even the two guys sitting in front of us are too young to remember <laughs> Michael Graham. He was a great forward on that one the team one to beat five slam and jam yeah. in 84. But, again, no one knows who that is besides you and me here, right? <laughs> Let's wrap it up by honoring the player who wore it best. We do it on every episode. We're coming down to the – to the last numbers here, Rank. We're in the 90s now. Number 92, we honor the player who wore the episode number best. Got to be Reggie White, right? By, I'll say Rick Tockett uh, in his uh, Pittsburgh Penguin days. An important second-line winger there. Nice uh, nice grit and muck that he brought to uh, the second Stanley Cup in Pittsburgh. But Strahan. doesn't compare to Reggie White, yeah. who's Strahan. Strahan wore 92. Kelly Ripa's new pal. Yep. <laughs> Getting rave reviews. A lot of women have been telling me, I don't know who the new guy is. I, you know, he played football, I think, or something. Uh, yeah, yeah, he played some football. And yeah. I, I love him. A lot, women love this guy. What is Tiki Barber's reaction on his couch? Oh. Not happy <laughs> I hadn't thought about that. Worst. That is so great. Worst thing in the world. His one dream, yeah. He leaves early, doesn't get the ring. Strahan gets the ring and the gig. And he's, you know, Strahan's the guy, like the cool kid that was smoking cigarettes outside CVS or whatever, not even like studying. And Barber had his whole life prepared for this, and then this is how it works out. So true. Wow. Good point there. Uh, 92, any other thoughts James there? James Harrison, your boy, right? James Harrison. Yeah, right. How could I skip over? Uh, Pure evil, but. Jimmy Harrison. Still can't imagine how it's legal in the 21st century for him to embrace the nickname Silverback. Seems like that shouldn't be allowed. <laughs> we can't um, say that. How about right. Michael Dean Perry? Oh yeah, dead silent. <laughs> was that a sitcom? The fridges. You know no, that was the fridges younger you brother. You said that. I, I thought of Jan Michael Vincent. Michael Dean Perry oh, was strong uh, was, parallel. I thought of MacGyver. Him. He went to Clemson too, right? Yes, just like uh, the Actually, fridges un- younger underrated brother. Underrated defensive lineman. Yeah, not bad for those <laughs> underrated. Not in this class though that you're discussing. Little right? forgotten uh, Browns team. So yeah, we give it to Reggie White there, and uh, the late great <laughs> Reggie White. Speaking of which, on a serious note, very sad to hear that uh, Steve Sable passed away and uh you know listen anybody who grew up when rank and i grew up and i think a generation passed us too but we were reared on nfl films i mean that's what you saw on espn all the time growing up were those great things and and uh, you know and uh, inside the nfl in the days of dawson and bonacani it was always those nfl films things and john facenda voicing it over the words almost always written by steve sable himself so let's go out today with Steve Sable, probably is best known. The Autumn Wind is a Raider. Is that what it's called? You know what it is, Black Tie. So please dig that one up. And, uh, you know, again, to uh, and uh, to Dan Hanzoos, at Dan Hanzoos, at Mark Sessler, NFL, <laughs> at Fire Black Tie, at Adam Rank, at Damashek, our Twitter accounts. We'll talk to you later in the week. We've lined up uh, our pal, our colleague, Akbar Baja Biamila to join us for a new segment we're calling Inside Out. We'll get to that later in the week. In the meantime, though, thanks so much to Patrick Willis, and thanks to you. We'll be back with more Huey and Applesauce later on. And a tip of the hat now to Steve Sable. The autumn wind is a pirate, blustering in from sea. With a rollicking song, he sweeps along swaggering boisterously. His face is weather-beaten. He wears a hooded sash with a silver hat about his head and a bristling black mustache. He growls as he storms the country, a villain big and bold, 
and the trees all shake and quiver and quake as he robs them of their gold. The autumn wind is a raider, pillaging just for fun. He'll knock you round and upside down and laugh when he's conquered and won. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. When you pull up to game night in the all-new Camry, but it's actually bingo night. Mini golf, anyone? It's a Camry vibe. The all-new, all-hybrid Camry. Toyota. Let's go places. Burgers are best fresh from the grill. Well, more specifically, burgers with Hellman's Real Mayonnaise. It's so rich and creamy that it instantly makes any burger irresistible. And what backyard barbecue is complete without some potato salad? Not just any potato salad, of course. Potato salad highlights the rich, creamy goodness of Hellman's Real Mayonnaise. So if you want to take your barbecue season to the next level, stock up on Hellman's Real Mayonnaise. For great recipe ideas, visit hellmans.com. 